0: But from this passage of scripture in line with our theme on unstoppable love and an emphasis on nations and missions i'd like to share on prayer and the destiny of nations now last weekend and this weekend has been fantastic last weekend we have been blessed with prayer ignite the emphasis on prayer and last night on worship and the, and, and the presence of God just been beautiful. We have been so blessed in that, in that manner. And i would like to pick up even on the theme of prayer, you know, and uh, 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 what we have received from the Lord even through His servants, John Mulendi, Julius Subi, you know, and the like. Prayer and the destiny of nations. Do you know when is the first time that the Bible mentions the word prayer? when is the first time that man really call out to god it's found in genesis chapter 4 verse 23 and that was the generation of enosh he says during that time during the time of enosh man begin to cry out unto the lord can you just imagine it takes four chapters in the history of mankind After four long chapters in the history of mankind, mankind finally cried out to God. What takes them so long? Four chapters. Before that, there was no mention. Now, of course, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they had perfect communion with God. But after they were cast out from the garden, there was a separation, there was a gulf. And here, in this chapter here, in Genesis chapter 18, we have the first time that intercession is mentioned. The first intercessory prayer. And it was offered by a man, Abraham. Abraham had a very, very interesting prayer life. But this passage of scripture is a very a, a, a mysterious. In the, it, there are a lot of elements inside this chapter that are kind of mysterious. What really happened? It is very, very interesting. Now, God has spoken to Abraham before. Abraham had reached out to God before, you know, in Genesis chapter 15 and in Genesis chapter 17. Three times God has spoken to to Abraham before. But all of these have to do with his own personal uh, uh, matters, you know, about the family, about the son that shall come forth, about the covenant blessings. But here you find that God appears to Abraham in a different manner. Now the Bible tells us that you know, there, were, there were two, three men that appeared to Abraham. You know, and who are these three people? Now it is very clear that two of them are angels. But who's the third man? Now these two angels, they, and, and, and Abraham prepared a meal for them, and that was uh, the usual uh, 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 Middle Eastern hospitality. And after the meal, God began to converse, you know. And then after that, two of these men went towards, left and went towards the direction of Sodom. But one remained. Who is this one person who remained to talk to Abraham. Now, the two angels went to Sodom, and it was there that they met up with the Lord. But here was one person who remained, and we believe that it was none other than God Himself. The third person is God Himself in the flesh of a human being. Very mysterious how it all happened, all right, but it is, we believe that it's a pre incarnate Christ, even. And in this conversation, it's the most, the most interesting conversation we have an idea of what prayer is all about. Prayer is first of all, a relationship with God. Everybody say a relationship with God. It is relationship with God. In verse 16 to verse 19. Now we know that God called Abraham as his friend. And actually, it was the Jews who believed that Abraham was a friend of God. They they, they called him a friend of God. And several times in the Bible, it was mentioned that. He was called a friend of God. Prayer is a relationship, a friendship, a fellowship with God. Abraham was a friend of God. 2 Chronicles 27, Isaiah 41 verse 8 and also James chapter 2 verse 23. Why is he a friend of God? Because he had a relationship with God. A relationship that is so close that even the angels and the Lord says in Genesis 18 verse 19 and 4, I know Abraham. I know Abraham. Does God know us? Does Abraham know God? Yes, there is that beautiful relationship. They know one another. And that is the basis of this fellowship with God or of prayer. God have this confidence in Abraham. I know Abraham. I know that he will order his family. I know that he will teach his children. God reveal all of this. Some of us, when we come to prayer and we see, Abraham has the example. and say, oh, Abraham is so high there. He had revelations after revelations of God. I am just an ordinary person. A friend of God? I don't think I am a friend of God. I'm a sinner. But do you know what? We are also friends of God. Amen? We are friends of God. We, we have a living, a special relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says we are a chosen people, a peculiar generation. To those who believe Him, He gave the right to become children of God. John chapter 1, verse 12. The Spirit within us cry out, Abba, Father. We are not only friends of God. We are children of God even. Amen? We are children of God. And that is the basis of prayer, this relationship that we have with God. So much so that Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says that we have free access to the throne of God. A free access that is not available to those who do, have not been washed with the blood of Jesus Christ as yet. But now, we have free access to the throne of God and in that confidence, we can come before God in these relationships. And this relationship is very vital. It is the basis of all our prayer. Without that relation, we cannot even enter into a conversation with God. Prayer is talking to God, yes. But it must be on the basis of this relationship that Christ has made a way for us. Another interesting thing that we find here is a divine monologue. That means God talking to Himself have you ever talked to yourself or not oh plenty of time right plenty of time you know you talk to yourself all the time every day we talk to ourselves you know and uh, sometimes you talk loudly you know sometimes just in the mind and all that and sometimes you know your your spouse say you are very peculiar you're very weird you know talking to yourself you know but here you have one very weird thing here another one of those mysterious things in the bible god talking to himself Now, how do do you understand that? Now, God is not like us. He doesn't have to talk to himself to assure himself, all right, to just get rid of his doubts and all that. But God, you know, in, in verse 16 to 19, you read through it, you know, he was contemplating, should I, should I not? Just like a human being, should I, should I not? He was thinking through, talking to himself, walking and thinking as a man walks and thinks. And, and then he asked a question, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Shall I? Shall I not? But in this monologue itself, it reveals the very heart of God, the very nature of God. Should draw us closer to Him, the Creator who doesn't have to explain anything to anybody. And yet He took the trouble to explain what He is about to do so that He may not be misunderstood by His friends. Sometimes before you do something you have to explain to you know clearly to your wife or to your, your colleague and all that okay this is why I, I know and 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 uh, if, if there's no explanation it may be misunderstood and that's what God was doing I'm going to I'm about to do something to Sodom and Gomorrah but before I do it he had to explain this action to Abraham his friend wow The Creator doing that. That's the level of relationship that He has with Abraham. How wonderful. And in that relationship, God reveals His purpose to His friends. God reveals His plan and His purpose to His friends. And so Abraham got a special revelation of God's purpose. Before it happened, God shared with Abraham what he was about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. CNN boasted that they are always the first to get the news. If you are a friend of God, you will be the first to get the news. Before God does anything, God will reveal it to his friend. You do not reveal everything to strangers but those close friends you are ready to confide with a person and share your heart out you know this is so like god john chapter 15 verse 15 jesus says i no longer call you servants you're not my servants I no longer call you my servants Because a servant does not know what the master does But now I call you my friends Hey How much clearer can he, can he get Jesus calling us his friends Now I call you my friend And he shares with his friends the things That he wants to do Not just in your life, but also even in this world, in this nation. God often informs the people, seeking Him what He intends to do. Psalms 25 verse 14, The secrets of the Lord are with those who fear Him. Amos 3, 7, Surely the Lord does nothing unless He reveals the secrets to His servants the prophets. You'll be the first to get the news. When God... Wants to do something in the nation He will reveal it So prayer must be based On the knowledge of God's purpose and plan Prayer is not to get our will done But to get God's will done You know the purpose and plan of God It shall be done. That's what John Mulindi said last week. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That is the end of prayer. Not my will, but thy will be done. And so God shared with Abraham what he was about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Although here is mentioned Sodom only, but you find that Sodom enc- uh, encompasses five different cities actually, and the main one is 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 covered here that is Sodom. It covers five different cities already. The first mention or statement about Sodom is uh, in Genesis thirteen verse thirteen. What is Abraham's knowledge about Sodom? we do not know whether he has ever visited sodom or not but when the king of sodom came to give him something after his victory in the battles when the enemies have taken even lord his nephew and the people of sodom you know it was it was abraham who rescued them and the king of sodom wanted to give him a gift but he would not receive it for whatever reason it is Maybe he knew that it was corrupt money or whatever that gift that the skin of Sodom wanted to give and he would not receive it. And so here in Genesis chapter 18, we have Abraham interceding with God for Sodom. And in Genesis chapter 19, Sodom is destroyed. The Bible says the cry of Sodom is great. That's the reason why the three men came because the cry or the outcry of Sodom is great. What is this cry? It is the cry of sin. And what is the sin of Sodom? Now many people think that the sin of Sodom is sodomy. That's where we get the term sodomy. What is sodomy? It comes from the term or from the city of Sodom, and that is. Uh, 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 Homosexuality. Now the Bible does not mention homosexuality, but later on in chapter 19, you will find that when the two angels went to see Lord, you know, and uh, then the man, the man of the city came out and wanted to have a sexual relationship with with, with the the visitors of of Lord. It was more of they wanted to have a gang rape. It was a gang rape. But It was definitely sexual in nature. And the cry of the people or the cry of the city has come up to God. God would not stand for homosexuality or same-sex kind of relationship. And the Bible depicts it as the sin. Now, sometimes God depicts the sin of the nation as having been filled up to the brim. The sin is so bad already That there's nothing that can be done To redeem that city or that nation Even if the righteous Samuel Even if Moses were to intercede God says I will not hear it Because the sin is already full Up to the full measure And that's what happened here God looks at this sin very, very seriously And judgment was about to fall God says, I will destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he shared that with Abraham. We think that, wow, Sodom must be a terrible city. But now in the cities of the world, there are so many Sodoms that have risen up. The last I read was San Francisco is no longer a nice city. It is worse than Sodom now. San Francisco. All kinds of pornography, all kinds of immorality. And you don't have to look far right here in our nation. The LGBT is becoming a big issue. People are becoming more tolerant. Ah, it's okay. These are modern generation. Gang rapes. Violence. Oh, if not for the mercy of God, all these cities would have been wiped out already. But judgment has been held back. How can it be held back? Abraham could have said, Okay, Lord. I think Sodom got what is coming. Serve them right. He could have been self-righteous in this and say, Yes, Lord. Yeah. Wipe them out. Oh. He could have said, Okay, God, since it is your will to wipe them out, to destroy it, Okay. There's nothing I can do. I, I don't need to pray. My prayer will be helpless. You have already determined it. What good is my prayer? There's no point to pray anymore, isn't it? And he could just have let the third man walk away. Or oh, God could have said, My plan is established. Abraham don't disturb me anymore. I've decided I'm sovereign. I can do what I want. No argument about it. And discussion. But it did not happen in that manner. And that's where the beauty of prayer comes in. And what we see next is prayer is a dialogue. Abraham coming before God and God opening himself to listen to the argument of Abraham. It becomes a dialogue. Prayer is not a monologue whereby we just come with all our needs to God, blah, 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 and before God to say, ah, we already said, bye bye, Lord, I got what to do. That's how we treat prayer, isn't it? Many times we're just rushing. We're not dumb all our requests to God. And before God could say anything, we already, time's up. But here, prayer is a dialogue. Bible says that Abraham walked with the Lord in verse 16. The three men, he walked customary, just like when your friends visit you, you walk your friend to the car as they leave. So walk with the three men the two men went ahead to sodom but one remained. and bible says he stood before the lord the one who remained abraham stood before the lord face to face you know and then after that he even went approached the lord you have to draw near into the presence of god draw near into the presence of god and the word approach there means to come to court to argue a case. You know, he, Abraham is coming almost like a lawyer, uh, per se, to argue a case, you know, because there is a burden in his heart. He cannot take it that Sodom is going to be destroyed. Perhaps there's something that he can do. There's a burden within him. He have to talk to God. He must, he must, you know, unload himself to God so Abraham was just trying to find ways to get into the presence of God brothers and sisters in our life there are things you know that comes across our our life and we must press in into the presence of God it may be like worship last night we were drawn into the very presence of God you know and it was so beautiful you know, with the prophetic drawings even of the children, you know. And, and, and Pastor Gwen ministered even through the prophetic uh, uh, drawings. And after that, we were drawn further into the presence of God with what Pastor John, John shared, you know. And uh, with the singers that were there just praying over the people. Oh, you know, we have to draw into the presence of God. It must be a conscious act on our part. Only those who are close to God... Can intercede with him on behalf of other of others. Otherwise, there's no intercession at all. Draw near to his presence, whether in our worship, in the reading of God's word, in serving him in different areas. God wants to reveal his presence to each and every one of us. And then after that, when he Abraham has approached God. The Bible says he interceded. He prayed for people that he didn't even know. Who does he know in Sodom and Gomorrah? Or in Sodom? There's only Lot, his nephew, and his family. But he brought the entire city before the Lord. He stood in the gap. He stood in the gap. Sodom could not say, no man cared for our souls. Here is one man who cared for the souls of Sodom. Abraham prayed for them. He stood in the gap. And how did Abraham pray? It was a dialogue. It wasn't an ordinary prayer, oh God, spare them, oh God, spare them. No, no, no. He entered into a dialogue with God. It's okay to dialogue with God. Bible says in Isaiah 1:18, Come, let us reason together. Reason together. How do you reason? When you reason, it's not a one-way street. If husband and wife say, Come, let's reason together. It's not just the wife doing all the reasoning. It's not all the husband doing all the reasoning and the other person just listen. No! Reason, okay. This is how I feel. You think that we should discipline our children this way? I think that we should discipline them this way. You reason together and then you agree together at the end of it. All right? It's not, no, no, I have already made up my mind, I'm the boss. You reason, okay? You tell me, tell me why you feel that way. All right? Tell me why you feel that way or think that way. So, Abraham tells God what he thinks and God also tells Abraham what he thinks. Wow! I tell you, that's why this, this, this passage of scripture is so captivating, so unlike any other. It's amazing. The level that God will stoop down for his friend. And, that's, and, and it shows us this is a kind of prayer that God really enjoys. Not just the bless me, Lord, bless my house, bless my wife, bless my mother in law, bless the cat, bless, bless the dog. Hey, come, let's reason together. Can we really reason with God? Of course, when we really reason with God, we always lose to God, right? I mean, he, he is a perfect God, omnipotent, but He still listens to us. And prayer must proceed according to the knowledge of God's person. In this reasoning, you find that Abraham approached God based on who He is and as the most powerful approach to God in worship in prayer, in anything. Lord, you are. And what is God? Or who is God? Oh, Abraham made his bold proclamation. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? Who is God? The judge of all the earth. Abraham recognized God as the judge of all the earth, who does everything fairly, who does everything well, and he is full of justice. He approached God on that basis. Not whether homosexuality is right or wrong, not whether. Abraham is good enough or not? But it's all on God. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? Verse 23, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? So Abraham knew God's character. God, you are just. You wouldn't do that. I know you. You wouldn't do that. So so, Lord, I'm trying to figure out if you are just, you will not destroy the righteous and the wicked. So why would you want to destroy Sodom? There was reasoning with God. Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham knew that God was a merciful and gracious God. That's why he was so bold to ask of God. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. God does not desire... Any one of you perish, that none should perish. None should perish. There's a cry of missions. Ezekiel 33, verse 11, God says, I take no delight when a sinner dies. God takes no delight at all. And here is where the dialogue starts. And it seems like Abraham begins to bargain with God. How many of you likes bargaining? Yeah. In Asia, you have to bargain. Those Westerners who come here, they learn the art of bargaining very fast. Otherwise, they will be fleece. And you know, we like to bargain, you know. You know, wow, some of us bargain until 300% off or so can. You know, not just 10% off, 300% off or so. We dare to bargain. You know, you do that in Hong Kong, they will scold you right to the face. Or <laughs> Malaysia, you can get away with it. <laughs> we like to bargain to get the best price. But, but is this a really bargaining with God? I don't think so. Because in bargaining, you have to offer something. Actually, Abraham has nothing to offer. So he, does, he, he has no local by. Uh, local you know, in, in bargaining with God. But he comes and says, we are the just God you know, uh, 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 wipe out and destroy the righteous with the wicked. But God, 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 wait a minute. If there are 50 righteous people in the city, will you still destroy the city? And God, without even hesitation, says, if there are 50 righteous souls in the city, I will not destroy the city. That would have been good enough for Abraham, isn't it? But no, he's a good businessman. You know, he's still, you know, uh, I don't, maybe, maybe he thinks, are there 50 righteous people in Sodom or not? Maybe their sins are worse than I thought. Maybe there may not be 50. So he try, try his luck, so to speak. But Lord, no, do not be angry. What if it is 45? And so he went down from 50 to 45, to 40 to 30 to 20, finally to 10. Lord, if there are ten righteous people in the city, will you still destroy the city? And actually, he is interceding. He's not just bargaining. He's interceding. He's pushing it to the very limit. Do not destroy Sodom, even Lord. Even though there are so many unrighteous people, do not destroy it for the sake of the ten. And God says, if there are ten righteous people, I will not destroy. Whoa! We see a glimpse of God that you never see anywhere else. God willing to reason with Abraham. And accept even the argument of Abraham for the sake I will not destroy. were there, ten righteous people in Sodom and why why did Abraham stop at ten why did he go down Lord if there are five people maybe because ten is the minimum number for a community in the Jews you want to form a synagogue you must have at least ten people minimum number community too. maybe maybe when Abraham was talking to God dialogue with God on this he stopped at 10 maybe he thought ah, I think there are 10 people you know who he was thinking of he was thinking about Lord okay there's Lord and his wife he's thinking two of them then he got two virgin daughters Four. Then there are also two married daughters, you know, so there are at least eight people, you know, and uh, there may be one or two others, we are not very sure. But even if they are not, surely, Lord, having spent so much time in Sodom, he could have at least one, two souls to the Lord already. There are eight, in the, at least minimum eight people in the family. So two more, I think, can la, huh? you know stay there for so long never win anybody to the lord you know so he said maybe 10 can so he stopped at 10. did abraham get what he wanted the bible says a prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective but in this interceding intercession for the nation Chapter 19 shows us God still destroyed Sodom. In other words, God said no to Abraham. But God made a provision. The right, God, Abraham approached God and said, For the sake of the righteous, do not destroy the city. But God approached it a different way He destroyed the city But he saved the righteous So the angels Made sure And told Lord, Lord you must get out now Destruction Is coming And I cannot do anything until you get out You see the commitment of God To Abraham and to Lord For the sake of the righteous And so Lord was saved How many people? Sadly, not the whole family. But only with two of the daughters. Only two of the daughters were willing to flee with Abraham or or uh, with Lord. Now of course the wife went along, but along the way, she still has her heart in Sodom, the city of sin. Turned into a pillar of salt. But God also honoured his word. When later on, Lord says he wanted to go to Zoah. God says, for your sake, Lord, I will not destroy Zoah." It has long-term implications. God says, I will not destroy Zoah." Friends, it shows that God counted righteousness. Can you see the God that we have here? He may not answer in the way that we want Him to. But He still answers. He still takes into consideration our prayer. It weighs heavy on Him. And sometimes God even changes His mind for our sake. The destiny of the nations in that sense is in our prayer. Is in our hands. We may not get all that we want, but God... A way to respond to the intercession of the people of God. And that's what missions is, brothers and sisters. Interceding for the nations. You know, as Abraham did for a nation, for a people, he does not even know. But that's what Abraham did. And in prayer and intercession, there's always the Eve. The Eve of Intercession. Found in chapter 18, verse 26, 29 and 30. God says, if I find 50 people, I will not destroy. There's always a condition of God. If I find 50, I will not destroy. But sadly, there were not 50 people. Eve, 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 God says There are righteous people there I will not destroy Brothers and sisters The prayers of the righteous saints of God Avails march before God If we come before God And intercede for nations That they will not be wiped out That the judgment of God be, di- be diverted Be averted Eve, God says Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Eve, my people Who are called by my name, if you will just intercede for your city, you are the righteous people of God. Washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, if you will intercede for your family, if you will intercede for Malaysia, if you will intercede for Vietnam, for Pakistan, for Bangladesh for india for china if you will pray if you will seek my face if you will come before me and intercede like abraham did my judgment will not fall upon the nation i will save them by my mighty hand god can do it god can do it the first thing about missions is prayer Before we can do anything else we must pray the destiny of the nations. is at hand. And so what did prayer do to Abraham? It changes him. It changes him. Now he understands God. We give him a different picture of God altogether, just like many of us. We have a totally faulty picture of God. We think that God is a monster, ready with his big cane. Anybody seen? Voila, bang! Put them into hell, cast them into fire. Our God is not like that, and that's where Abraham. Sorry. Yes, you know, because of the sin of the nation, he's about to be wiped out. But, he allow himself to, for his mercy to be shown. If there are 50 righteous, if there are 10 righteous people, I will change my plan. God is not a monster. God ready to punish his people. And Abraham saw that. In other words, God, if there is a city with 100,000 people 100,000 people If there are 10 believers there Standing in intercession Your judgment will not come upon that nation Can you just imagine that? Your prayers Your presence in that nation Makes a world of difference And Abraham was so glad And he was so satisfied Okay God Even though Sodom is destroyed, I know God, the world is in your good hands. The world is still in your good hands. You are not a God who just goes about simply destroying everybody. You are a God of love, your mercy. Abraham never asked, God, can a loving God send people to hell? No, he never used the term love. This time it's about justice. The God who loves is also the God of justice. Can a just God is about justice. And God's justice must be met, And a person who sinned must die. Just like Mahathir, our Prime Minister, have said, anybody who steals, you must be charged. That's not me. That's Mahathir saying. So likewise, God, you know, the law is there. The rule of law is there. Anybody who sees the law begins to go into operation. But it is not the desire of God that anyone should perish. But that all should come to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so Abraham was satisfied. And he was a changed man. He begins to understand this God. So no wonder... A few chapters later, God says, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son, Isaac. Because Abraham already understood who God is. God doesn't simply go around slaughtering people. He's not that kind of God. Amen? God is not that kind of God. Bomb up people, slaughter people, kill people. No! So that's why Abraham has no problem. God, you want my son? Okay. Here's Isaac ready with the knife to plunging because he trusted in this god already sure enough god stopped me friends this is the god that we serve he's a good god amen he's a just god you know he tempers his his his, his judgment with mercy and with love Time is up. the bible says and concludes in verse 33, and the lord went his way when he had finished speaking to abraham And Abraham returned to his place. Who initiated prayer? It was God who came to Abraham. Who concluded the prayer session and dialogue? It wasn't Abraham. It wasn't Abraham who said, Okay, God, thank you. I I got to go already. No, the Bible says, And the Lord went his way. When who? He, the Lord had finished speaking to Abraham. God says, it's done. And he walked away. And Abraham returned to his place. It was God who took the initiative. It was God who concluded the session. God is still in control of all things. So brothers and sisters, the destiny of the nations, many times is in the hand of the righteous your prayer avails much we do not just want to go we do not just want to give money to nations but can we bring these nations before the Lord Malachi 1 11, for my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts among the nations God's hope is still on the nations he still has a purpose and a plan for every nation not to destroy but to give life but he needs people like Abraham to stand in the gap. Pray on behalf of a world that is under judgment. Our prayers like Abraham should center on what God is doing in the world. Pray for lost nations and the missionaries and the workers and the pastors who are seeking to reach them with the gospel. Pray for the lost city and nation that God will stay His hand of judgment and that many will turn from their sin and trust in Him. Pray for the salvation of a nation. What is your part in reaching lost people? The first thing is to pray. Pray, pray like never before. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Hallelujah Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Oh you are a just God You are a merciful God Thank you dear Lord Hallelujah Hallelujah Praise the Lord Hallelujah Perhaps you are facing different situations You you do not understand And you have been angry at God. God, why are you like this? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Or why did you do this? Why did you allow that? Perhaps you have been confused or angry with God. But I pray that this passage of Scripture that we have talked about will reveal to you. Oh, our God, a just God. Always reaching out for us. And always wanting his people to talk to him, to even reason with him. He hears you. Every cry of your heart, he hears you. Some of you may be suffering from injustices of others. It may be your employer. It may be your colleagues. It may be even within your own family, relatives. Lord, why do you allow such injustice? Remember that God is a just God Everything is in His good hands You can trust in Him You may not understand it all But you can trust in Him Shall we stand together right now?